Today I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 18, and then I'm going to jump down to Joshua chapter 7. And most of you probably already know where I'm going with this sermon and what happened here. If you would, if you'd stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Joshua chapter 6 and verse number 18 said, And you by all means abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble to it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of bronze and iron are, cons- are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey, with the edge of the sword. We're talking about Jericho here. They've, they've walked around these walls, and here they are on the seventh day. They're walking seven times, and you've just seen the end of it. Now, in chapter 7 and verse number 2, it says, Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethaven, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not tell all the people to go up, but let about two or three hundred men go up there and attack Ai. Don't, be, don't weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are, are few. So about 300 men went up there from, uh, let me read it again. So about 300 men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim. I hope I'm saying that right, all you Bible scholars. And struck down, struck them down uh, on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell on the earth and his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought these people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites? To destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. (laughs) Get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I have commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things, and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it's true, and it will not return void. Father, it's anointed. Today I'm asking you to anoint me, Lord, to minister your word. Minister the words that you give me, Father. Let it fall on ears, Lord, that is ready to receive what you'd have to say to them today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated.
Can you bring me some Kleenexes, please? Every Sunday, I have a goal. Not going to cry, not going to cry, not going to cry. It messes up my glasses. I can't see. That may be the ticket. I want to preach today with the subject, potholes. Potholes. You ever been just driving along and you hit a pothole? We bought that 96 Corolla, and I want to say it has 13-inch tires on it, maybe 14-inch. I know one time we had a car with 13-inch tires. It may have been that Chevrolet Sprint, for all you old-timers remember that little car. You'd hit a pothole and something like that, and that little tire just... It felt like the car was destroyed. I mean, you just... You'd hit that thing, felt like you was potholes. We've all hit them. We all know what they are. Sometimes they're just small and you have a little jar, but sometimes they're huge potholes that make you feel as though your bumper hit the pavement. Them little cars, that's the way it feels. You may feel that your whole car fell in the pothole. Sometimes it can knock your car out of alignment. It does. It'll do that to you. The children of Israel... They just won a great victory at Jericho, and we're pushing forward to the prom- in the promised land. But Ai was a pothole on their way. It was a bump in the road. It, it was something they fell into, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. Potholes. Potholes. How many of you knows we need to be aligned every once in a while? We do. We need to get our alignment right. AI was a pothole to Israel. It wasn't a small pothole either. Even though the casualties were relatively low for a war, 36, that's not a whole lot in number. But still yet they were supposed to take this, this war, this battle, and not have any problems. But they had a pothole. It was the kind that makes you have wrecks. It was the kind that causes disappointment, destruction, and even death. It was devastating to say the least. How can this happen on the heels of a great victory like Jericho? Isn't that the way it happens to us? We have a great victory, whatever that victory may be. It may be in a service where you have a breakthrough, and then you step outside and something hits you right in the face. You walk into the church, it's beautiful sunshine. You walk outside and it's raining like cats and dogs. I mean, you can put any analogy you want with that, but that's the way it seems to happen. After a great victory, there always seems to be something. You know what? The devil's going to make sure something happens. Sometimes we can't choose the potholes. We try to avoid them, but sometimes you just don't see them. and You you fall into it, but you can choose how you react to it. Amen? It was the kind of potholes that you have wrecks, disappointment, destruction, and death. Not much has changed here in 2020. Each and every one of us has hit potholes in life's journey. I keep hearing on TV over and over and over, I can hardly wait for this year to end. I'm thinking to myself, 2021 is not going to change overnight. When you flick that calendar, just things didn't go away. You're still going to be in a political mess. You're still going to be having a virus you're dealing with. It's all still going to be there. What are we talking about? Boy, when this new year gets here, it's going to be better. There's something magical about the calendar just flipping now. No, no. Some people have fallen into potholes. They're AI, and they've experienced defeat 
in them potholes. You've had the mountaintop experience. You've won victories, and now this pothole is hurting. You're wounded. It feels like God's a million miles away. May I say to you today that God is going to bind up your wounds. He's going to heal your hurts of your heart and take you from the pothole. We have to realize where our help is from. He's going to take you from your pothole of defeat to a freeway of victory. Amen. Amen. You're coming out of your pothole. The children of Israel hit a pothole. It was called Ai. The test was, would they stay in the pothole? It's one thing to fall in a pothole. It's another thing to stay there. I heard it said, it's not how many times you fall. It's how many times you get up. I also heard another saying that it's not the uh, falling in the water that kills you. It's staying in it, drowning. I want to tell you how to stay in your pothole. You're like, well, he said that wrong. No, I'm going to tell you how you can stay in your pothole. You call this the reverse sermon. I don't know. How do you stay in your pothole? No, I'm going to tell you how you stay in your pothole so you know how to get out of it. All right? People stay in their pothole longer by feeling sorry for themselves. Why does everything bad always happen to me? I hear that almost every Sunday when Cardin's looking for his church clothes. <laughs> if you would put them up, they would be there. How many moms and dads ever said that? They would, they would be there if you, you just put them up. Why does everything bad happen to me? Why? I pray over my food. I pray before I go to sleep. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray for the Lord my soul to keep. I go to church. I give my tithes and offerings. God knows I'm a good Christian, and I still fell into a pothole. It's not fair. It's not fair. No one else has to deal with potholes like I do. They live the per on the perfect streets and roads. Self-pity will keep you in your pothole. If you want to stay in your pothole, just start... <laughs> It's, I can't believe it's happening to me. When things are not going our way, we feel sorry for ourselves. I believe the people of Israel fell into a self-pity too. We just won Jericho. And now we're defeated by AI? Are you kidding me? How can this happen? Can't you hear them? They come back and they're around the campfires there at the Israel's camp. And they're sitting there talking. I can't believe this just happened to us. And it was a serious thing. 36 people lost their life. How could this happen? That's the way we are sometimes. Some people think that they're the only ones ever been through what they're going through. Devil's just devised a brand new plan just for me. No one else has ever went through this. Can I tell you, you're not that special. His tricks work on all of us. You just need to understand that. and We need to see them coming and avoid them. They think that 2020 has been tougher on them than anyone else. It's been terrible not being able to go into Taco Bell and sit down and eat your supper. It's been terrible. It's worse on me than anyone else. How many remember Hee Haw? Hee Haw sang a song that said, Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. 
Now, is that self-pity or what? Wow. That's what we've been singing in 2020. Poor us. We're the most privileged nation in the world, and we've been crying, poor us, we can't go to our favorite restaurant. Poor us, we got to put a mask on. Poor us, we... That's not in my sermon. I'm going to keep going. Self-pity will keep you in your pothole. Did you know David suffered from self-pity too? He did. A man after God's own heart, how can he be in a pothole? Listen to his psalms. They sound like country songs. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul? Having sorrow in my heart daily, how long will my enemies be exalted over me? How many prayed that prayer before? I have. I've been where David's at. That's in Psalms 13, 1 and 2. Sometimes self-pity happens in stages, though. As church people, we go from singing joy unspeakable, full of glory, then another stage hits and we go farther along. And after a while, we're singing, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. It just got worse and worse. That's what self-pity does. It keeps taking you deeper and deeper into your pothole. So how do we get out of the pothole? The answer's simple. Self-pity always concentrates on you and your problems. To get out of the pothole of self-pity, turn your attention to God. Stop worrying about what's going to happen with you. What's happening in my family? What's, what's, I know we all have worries. I know we have things that we've got to take care of. We have bills to pay. We have food to put on the table. But we've got to get a, a better vision of what God wants for us. Stop looking right here at the front. Let's look to a longer eternal vision, what God wants us to do, and get out of the pothole of self-pity. Get your eyes off your problem. Get your eyes on the problem solver. 1 John 4 and 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You can get out of your pothole because the Jesus living inside of you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So you hit a pothole. Get your eyes off your defeat and AI. Get your eyes on the victory of God will give you over your AI. We don't need self-pity or feeling sorry for ourselves. We don't need complaining. We don't need the woe is me syndrome. How many, I know people like that. I started to say, how many know people? I've got friends like that. I've got family like that. It's always, woe is me. How are you doing? Then you're like, oh, I shouldn't have asked that. And so the whole time they're talking, you're thinking, I mean, you're not even paying attention. You're thinking, oh, I wonder where my checkbook's at. I wonder where the kids are at. I wonder what we're eating tonight. Yeah, uh-huh. It's the same thing. It's the woe is me syndrome. You know what they're going to say. Well, my granny Abney was so funny, and I love her to death, and She's already dead, so I can't love her that much. But anyway, I loved her so much, but she had, a, she had a heart surgery when we were, I don't know, I was in my 20s maybe, my teens. And if you walked up and asked her, said, well, Granny, how are you doing from that surgery? Well, and she'd start showing you her scar. And I said, no, no, that's good. I've seen enough. But she would do it in church. Somebody said, well, you well look at, like, Granny. Woe is me syndrome. She didn't have that all the time. But that's the way we get. We have a little wound. We, we hit a pothole, and all of a sudden, that's all we can talk about. That's all we can talk about. we got to get out of that self-pity. 1 Peter 5 and 6 says, Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may, he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. 
It's simple to come out of that self-pity pothole. Cast your cares on God. Stop looking and stop magnifying your pothole. Wow. Even Joshua asked the Lord why. But we have to pick up ourselves and get out of the pothole by listening and trusting God. Did you know negative talking will keep you in your pothole? Self-pity, negative talking. Well, AI beat us. I knew we'd lose. It's kind of like watching the Cardinals on Sunday. I knew we'd lose. You know, you can't expect to live in victory all the time. Sometimes things are going to happen, so, you know, I'm not shocked that happened to you. Better be careful about expecting good things all the time to happen to you. Just when you think everything's good, they'll jerk the rug right out from underneath you. Negative, negative, negative talking. Can you imagine the talk that must have went on in Israel's camp? Man, 36 people died here tonight. What in the world happened? I, well, you know what? I knew it was bound to happen. We've had so many victories. You know, the Lord's did so many miracles. So sometimes, you know, he's got to just be you know, on a vacation or taking a nap. He didn't pay attention to us. And this is what happened. That's not in the Bible. That's just Drew speculating what they were talking about. Negative talk could have stopped them right there. And they would have never encountered what God had for them. And by the way... When did it become acceptable for a Christian to talk negatively? Asking for a friend? Luke 6, 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the heart, evil treasure, and his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. When you're hearing the negative talk, it's just not words coming out, rolling off their tongue. It's something that's deep down inside. You need to understand. You need to understand negative talk is something that it's a symptom. It's telling you what's going on inside of you. Just because you hit a pothole doesn't mean that you have to stay in it. Whatever you're consistently thinking about will work its way into your heart and is going to come out of your mouth. I like that so much, I'll read it again. Whatever you consistently think about will work its way into your heart and is going to come out of your mouth. And whatever you consistently think about will work its way into your heart and it's going to come out of your mouth. I have a lot of friends that they know the life that I, that I live. I try to live a Christian life, and so they're getting around me in just their normal language. You'll hear them cuss, say some cuss words. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. It's in their heart. It wasn't a slip of the tongue, and that's why I love it. It's a slip of the tongue. No, it was in their heart. It was in their heart. We need to make sure and check our heart. I'm not accusing anybody. I'm telling you what God told me to say today, and this is what he told me. We need to check our heart. We need to check our own heart. Listen to this, Philippians 4 and 8. Paul's got some instruction for us. It's awesome. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. God just told us through the word how to think. You know what? We start thinking that way, it gets in our heart. We start to get them good things in our heart, and then we're going to speak out of our heart. Good things are going to come out of our mouth. Amen. Unfortunately, some Christians can be some of the most negative people we'll encounter. God help us. 
God help them. I know there's none here today. God help them. Amen. There's different types of potholes. Be careful of pothole people. They're the pothole dwellers. They're just waiting for somebody else to fall into their same pothole. (laughs) They keep you in your pothole. They don't want you to get out. Misery loves company, remember? They tell you to stay in your pothole. Don't get out of your pothole. Just stay there. One kind, I'm not even going to elaborate on that anymore. One kind of pothole is the kind you make yourself. Oh me, here we go. I mean, you go out on the street and you start digging it up right in front of your house so you can't miss it. It's not anybody's fault but yours. You dug that own, your own pothole and then you keep driving in it and think, I hate this pothole. Stop digging in it. Speaking of potholes, we were working at the baseball program, the outfield. We have these little kids playing, and we have six fields there. And these kids in the outfield, three positions out there. And the younger age group, there was four in the outfield. At each position where a coach would set them, the kids stood out in the outfield with their glove on their hand. Until you had four potholes in the outfield. So if you're out there just running, you just run along. Woo. Fall in a pothole. They made them themselves. I'd tell the guys, I said, we need to get that fixed. Nobody gets hurt. And they go, the kids did it. Let them fall in it. They'll get hurt and they'll stop doing it. I, okay, we need to do better than that. But uh, it reminded me of that. Different type of potholes. That pothole that you dig yourself, you need to pray your way out of it and cover it back up. Amen. In this case, Israel was dealing with the sin pothole. Life is good. Everything is going great. You just had a great victory, just like Israel did at Jericho. And bam, the devil hits you with some temptation. He'll do that. He'll do that. I'm not here to give him credit, but he'll do that. That's what he wants to do, kill, steal, and destroy, right? You know what? Sometimes we don't even see it coming. I don't know how many times I've hit a pothole, and Shelly's like, Did you not see it coming? No. You think I intentionally drove our car through it? You fall to the temptation because maybe you've taken your armor off. Maybe you just had a great battle. You had a great victory. You've taken your armor off. You've conquered Jericho. And now you're just sitting back taking a rest. That's what happened to Achan. It cost him his life. He was part of a glorious revival in Jericho when all of a sudden he saw the gold, silver, and the clothes and thought to himself, wouldn't it be nice if all that was mine? (laughs) I know God said don't take any of that, but you know what? I'm going to take it. Achan took the gold, silver, and clothes and took them to his tent and buried them under his tent and thought nobody know. Nobody knows. That's the way our kids are. They try to do stuff behind our back, Brother Scotty, and nobody knows. They may even bring a sack of makeup or something to school, and you, you had no idea. Right. Brother Scotty was telling me a story yesterday. You have no idea what's going on. Guess what? When no one else knows, God still knows. And guess what? You think, well, God won't tell anybody what I'm doing. God won't let anybody know. (laughs) I wouldn't say it like that, but I agree. God will expose sin. God will expose sin one way 
or another, he will expose sin. Sin is always a pothole that will derail you. How's that for an out-of-date term? Sin. Sin. It's politically incorrect term, sin. Not supposed to say that. Don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. If you're watching on Facebook, not hurt your feelings. I'm not sorry. Today, we see people are hungry for happiness, but they don't have a hunger for holiness. A holy life is what we got to have to please the Lord. Sin will cause your spiritual car to get knocked out of line or damaged so badly, it needs to be put in the shop for repairs. Achan tried to keep a secret from God. But get this right here. Those that keep secrets from God keep distancing themselves from God. When you're trying to hide something from God, what you're really doing is just getting farther and farther away. Those who walk in righteousness draw near to God. Hallelujah. Those that hunger and thirst after God shall be filled. Hallelujah. We have to get out of the pothole of sin and back onto the road to our destiny. Now let's deal with sin. Let's stay out of the potholes. You thought that was going to be some deep theology or what? It's pretty simple. Stop sinning. If you don't know what sin is, I, you know, we don't have a list in here in the church anywhere, a top ten sin list. But I believe the Lord will convict you of that. I believe the Lord will convict you of that. Here's the answer. There's only one way to get out of the pothole of sin. You must repent. Well, you know, I don't like repenting because that's admitting I'm wrong. And, you know, the world says I need to do things that make me feel good and being sorrowful for something that I really enjoyed and I didn't want to get caught with, I I really don't want to repent of. Say amen or I'm going to think it's every one of you. That's right. (laughs) That's the way we get. We don't want to say I'm sorry. I do something, I say something to Shelly, and I know I'm wrong, and God deals with me like, oh, I don't want to say I'm sorry to her again. Shelly's got a big chalkboard in our, in our house, and she keeps track of all my sorries. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I'm just kidding. It'd be full. It'd be all over the walls and all the way around. Wow. Lord, how'd I get off on that? We have to repent. You don't give your way out of sin. You don't attend your church out of sin. You don't attend church. Well, you know, I went to church. I pray with people a lot of times, and they'll start talking to me. And they say, why am I dealing with this? And I say, well, examine your own life. You tell me what's going on. They start telling me some of the things. I said, well, have you repented over this? What I'm seeing, what you just told me is a sin, according to the Word of God. Have you dealt with that sin? Well, um, I go to church. So does the devil. He was here this morning. You have to deal with sin. You must repent. You know why we don't want to repent? And I know I'm skipping through my sermon here. Pride. Pride. We don't want to admit we're wrong. Even when we're wrong, you know, Shelly's over there Googling the directions. And I say, oh, I know where it's at. And I keep going. And I get lost. And I just keep going and act like I know where we're going. Next thing you know, we're in Memphis. We was going to Little Rock. And I just don't want to admit I'm wrong. I just wanted to go over there and, and eat barbecue. That's the reason why I went that way. We don't want to admit when we're wrong. God help us. You don't climb out of a pothole of sin by covering it up. 
That's what happens. We sin. We think nobody's seen us. We're good. Nobody caught us. I'm good. But what's worse than that, we try to hide it from God. You can't hide it from God. He sees all. He knows all. I heard one, one preacher that, uh, that, that raised me say that God's a know-it-all. He does. He knows it all. You can't hide it from him. We have to understand we can't hide the pothole of sin by covering it up. You climb out of your sin pothole by confessing and repenting your way out of it. Hallelujah. Something is wrong. Joshua said something isn't right. The revival stopped. It's been killed. We've, we've lost a battle. So Joshua does, Joshua does what you and I have done when sin's exposed. He finally falls on his face in repentance. When God shows you something, don't wait for somebody else to point it out. Get on your knees yourself. It's a little less embarrassing that way. What's the problem, God? Wherever he missed it, God. Why, God? That's what Joshua said. Why? The blessings have stopped. What's wrong? What's going on? I'm just telling you, if you want your life, you want your church to go forward, we're going to have to fall on our face and repent. Amen? We have to repent of the sin that's been in our heart. The sin of pride. The sin of complacency. Disobedience. Rebellion. Gossiping. Discord unforgiveness how many wants to hear a series on unforgiveness again amen we need to fall on our face before God in humility and repent when we do that it gets us out of the pothole it fixes the damages the pothole is caused it's time the church world falls on its face and repents I'm talking about a complete repentance not half-hearted not just because you got caught because you're convicted in your heart you know what conviction is? And I, I, I'm not sorry to tell you, but each and every one of you that's in here today, I know every one of you. I call your name in prayer every day. And this one you're going to love. I pray over you every day. God, convict Roxanne. Convict Brother Scotty. Sister Jacqueline, convict him. Convict Sister Sam. Sister Megan. You know what that is? God's love, when he's tapping on your heart's door and said, that's not right, you, you, need to take a, you need to take another turn. You need to get out of that pothole. That's not right. His conviction, that's love. That's love letting you know you're not right. The relationship's not right. This is not good. Conviction's love. I had to write a sermon like that one day. Conviction is love. And that's what it, I pray that over us. We have to pray and repent completely, not half-heartedly, but under conviction. God, we're sorry. We're going to turn from our ways. We're getting out of this pothole. What happened in this situation with AI? The spies come back and said, hey, this is an easy one. I don't, I don't need God today. You know, I'm just going to my job today. I, it's okay. I'll pick on Noah. It's okay. I don't, I don't, have, to, I don't have to consult God on Monday morning because I'm going with the Christian brother. He's a deacon in the church. I don't have, to have anything to worry about. I don't even have to pray about this battle. I'm going to work. That's the way we all do. We go to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. We dress up and look nice. And then Monday through whatever, we're in the world. We're rarely praying, rarely asking. And we're falling into potholes and wondering, what's going on? 
Start your day with prayer. Start your day with prayer. Stay out of the potholes so you don't have to pray your way out of them. Amen. AI is a type of the flesh. The word means heap of ruins. Heap of ruins killed 36 people. I think a heap of ruins. I'm just thinking a big trash pile. This week we burned some leaves at our house and it started off with one little pile and I had uh, Peyton helping me. He wanted to multiply, so he started another little pile. And next thing I know, he's got another little pile. And now the piles are running together. So now we have one big, long pile of leaves burning. And it's right in the walkway to go in the house. And so now we have this one big heap of ruins, black charcoal. I, he pulled in nuts and branches and everything else. So we have all sorts of stuff to walk through there. I'm not picking on him, but a little bit. It's a heap of ruins now. That's what AI means. If we live by the flesh, we're going to experience a heap of ruins. I've come to the conclusion that our biggest enemy is not the devil, but it's our flesh. Does the enemy set traps for us? Yes. Does he put potholes out there for us? Yes. But it's our flesh is the problem. I heard some preaching this morning talking about the the three sins. We have a problem. We have a problem with the flesh. The sin of the people was pride. We can handle AI. We don't, we don't even need to consult God. Nowhere in the world you will find that Joshua consulted God about going to AI. If he would have, he would have known there was sin in the camp. We like to blame the devil for every problem that comes along. But sometimes we need to just look in the mirror. We need to look in the mirror. To come out of the pothole of pride, remember, re- remember this, who you are in Christ. You think, well, that kind of sounds prideful anyway. Hey, when you're remembering who you are in Christ, it's Christ that's living through. It's nothing you did. It's nothing that you could do. It's all through Christ. That's not prideful at all. But you've got to remember that Christ in you is not going to be prideful. Here's the good news. We can overcome the flesh because Jesus lives on the inside of us, which also means we can be victorious because of the same fact. He lives inside of us. AI was eventually defeated. That lets us know that our flesh can be overcome also. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Hallelujah. For the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. When Christ is living in you, you're free from the potholes. It doesn't mean they're not still going to be on the road, but we're going to see them a little quicker and avoid them. What I love about it, though, is even when we don't see them and we run into them, he still loves us. And that conviction come to us. Let us know. Shelly, would you come back, please? It's not a hopeless battle. Grace gives us victory. We're not subject to the flesh. We're conquerors of the flesh. We do not have to uh, suffer defeats at AI. Let me say it again. We can overcome the flesh. Amen. The closer we get to God, the less pull the flesh on our lives. How many knows you're still in a sin nature? Flesh. You are. You are. We can conquer our flesh and live in victory and come out of the potholes. Amen. I'm trying to hurry, folks. I've already got the musician up here. 
I'm just going to hit a couple of these and we're going to go. There's other potholes that affect our lives. And I, w- I want to just touch on a couple right here. Some have lost loved ones and they become potholes in your life. You think, well, how's that a pothole? Anything can become that pothole. Anything can. And when you have a loss of a family member, close friend, it can put you in depression. That's a pothole. That's a pothole. There's potholes that are not necessarily sinful. I know this story is dealing with sin. You may have lost control. You may have become an addict. Some people are an addict, they, they, and they don't realize, here's some addicts that you don't think about. How about a money addict? I have friends that they live to get up the next morning and try to make more money. That's all they live for. They don't live for God. They, this is all they live for. Fame, power, success. Some people are addicted to pornography, alcohol, drugs. Some people are addicted to fear and worry. Can't get out of it. They're in that pothole and can't get out of it. Some people have a pothole of heartache, some tragedy, some problems. Maybe it's something in your past that's literally broke your heart and you've stayed in that pothole because of that. Maybe it was a broken marriage you thought would last forever. Circumstances happen. You don't understand why. Guess what? God can still bring you out of that pothole too. Amen? Would you stand with me? Because we know the nature of God, we know His nature is to bless His people. God wants to bless you today. He wants you to bring you up higher. He wants to bring you out of the potholes that, that, that seem to always be before us in our life and help us avoid them. We've got a choice to make. We've got a choice to make. Do we come out of them or do we waller in them? Do we stay in them? Amen. If it's a sin, pothole, repent. Repent. If it's something else you need help with, God, I need, I need help. I don't need to worry or fear anymore. God, I need, I need help on healing this relationship. God, I need help with my kids. I raised them in church. I told them how to, how to do things, and now they get to their teenage years and Seems like all hell broke loose with them. Don't stay in that pothole. Take it to the Lord.